From Kindred Church, your inclusive church family. This podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in Durham, North Carolina. Whatever your background is, wherever you are on your faith journey, we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to God's unconditional love. Well, hello, happy Easter. Welcome to Kindred Church. It is so good to be uh, with you. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your very first time to tune in with us at Kindred Church, uh, welcome. We are especially glad that you're here. Uh, Our scripture for this Easter celebration comes to us from the book of Romans in the New Testament. Romans, uh, we're looking at chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. And it says this. So what are we going to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He didn't spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Won't he also freely give us all things with him? Who will bring a charge against God's elect people? It is God who acquits them. Who is going to convict them? It is Christ Jesus who died, even more who was raised, and who is also at God's right side. It is Christ Jesus who also pleads our case for us. Who will separate us from Christ's love? Will we be separated by trouble or distress or harassment or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, we are being put to death all day long. For your sake, we are treated like sheep for the slaughter. But in all these things, we win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord, not death or life or angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or depth or any other thing that is created. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I have this friend who is uh, really not much of a churchgoer, but I was um, catching up with him this week, and the subject of Easter came up, and he said, hey, big weekend, right? And I was like, oh yeah, big big weekend. And he said, Easter is kind of like your Super Bowl, right? And I was like, yeah, I think you could probably say that. And he was like, Easter for you guys, isn't it like the biggest celebration all year? And I was like, yeah, I think that's that's probably true. Uh, And he looks at me and he goes, well... Don't screw it up. Uh, so I promised my friend I would do my best to, to not screw this up. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but that conversation reminded me that whether you're a churchgoer, not a churchgoer, or, or whatever, everybody knows Easter is kind of a big deal, right? It's a day full of joy. It's a day full of celebration. That's why we break out the extra flowers. If you worship with us in person, we sing our most uplifting songs. Uh, Many of us get all dressed up in our bright pastel Easter outfits. Uh, Some of you may even have gotten dressed up just to watch this or or listen to this. Uh, if, If that's you and if you're watching with somebody else, turn to that person and just say, you look good today. You look good today. Don't act surprised about it, but 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 affirm them. Affirm them. So Easter is a day of joy and celebration. We all know that, but but what we sometimes forget is that actually the true message of Easter is not for people who are having fun and loving life. The true message of Easter is not for people who are already full of joy. Actually, the true message of Easter is for people who find themselves feeling hopeless. Did you know that? The true message of Easter is for people who feel hopeless about a situation or about something that they're going through, or about the future. 
in general. And so I just want to tell you at the outset here, if you're at a place today where uh, you're just perfectly happy in life, if there is nothing in your life that ever makes you feel hopeless, then this sermon today is not for you. I mean, we're happy for you, but you have my permission to X out of this and find another sermon that maybe you missed over the last few weeks or a few months and, and watch that instead today because I want to talk to the real people today. I want to talk to the people who know what it's like to feel hopeless. And my guess would be that applies to most of us in this room. I was thinking this week, uh, if you could pull all the people watching this or listening to this together in a room, uh, this is probably one of the only things that all of us or most all of us would have in common. If you could pull all of us together in a room right now, I think you would see there's a lot that makes us different. You know, we have different ages, different genders, different ethnicities, different sexual orientations. Uh, Some of us are watching or listening to this willingly. Others of us are being coerced by our Christian family or our friends. Uh, That's okay. So some of us would identify as Christian. Others of us would say, no way, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I would never identify that way. Others of us would say, I don't know. I'm still working all this stuff out. Uh, some of us are very comfortable in a church environment. Others of us are very uncomfortable in a church environment. There's a whole lot that makes all of us different. But one thing most of us have in common is that one way or another, we, we know what it's like to feel hopeless. And my guess is that, that at least some of us are in that place right now, even as we speak. Let's just be real for a minute and, and name some of the ways. Let's name some of the ways that, that for some of us, it's, it's our mental health right now, right? Like we've got this anxiety. We've got this depression that we just, we can't seem to shake it. It feels like it's, it's never ending. Some of us have experienced abuse or we've, we've got some trauma and we're looking for healing, but we just can't seem to find it. For others of us, it, it could be that this addiction, this habit in our life, and, and we know we need to get it under control, whether it's alcohol or pornography or prescription drugs. Maybe somebody in our life has told us, hey, you need to get this under control, and we're trying, but what we just can't. For, for others of us, it could be like a family situation, right? Our, our child is struggling, and we, we don't know how to help. Or we're going through a divorce or maybe we're on the other side of our divorce and we're discovering that that life after divorce feels almost as painful as the divorce itself because now we've got custody battles and and we've got a co-parent with somebody that that we're in conflict with and it's it's overwhelming. For for others of us, it could be that, that work feels hopeless right now. We're at a dead-end job or our career is just not at all going the way that we had hoped and, and had planned or it could be financial right? We, we've got all this credit card debt. We've got loans. The bills keep coming in. We, we're overwhelmed. It feels like we're, we're drowning. We don't know how we're going to get out of it, right? Uh, for, for some of us, it could be spiritual. Uh, you know, we tuned into church because it's Easter, you know, but we're, we're trying. We, we want to believe on some level, but, but we just can't. We got too many questions. We got too many doubts. Or, or maybe we, we've done something we're ashamed of and we can't forgive ourselves, much less see how that God could, could ever forgive us. Right? For, for some of us, it could be uh, our health, that we're sick and it's, it's getting worse, or we've got a loved one who's sick, and, and maybe it's terminal, or it could just be the news. Right? Every time we turn on the news, there's this fresh tragedy that, that breaks our hearts, that reminds us that life is so fragile, that reminds us that all of us have such a very short time on this earth. I'm not saying all of this to to be depressing. I'm just trying to be real because I know that some of you listening to this are going through some of that and you think you're all alone and you think you're by yourself. And I'm here to tell you, you're not. You're not all alone. 
Most, if not all of us, know what it's like to feel hopeless, and many of us are going through one or maybe multiple of these things right now, even as we speak. It's important to name that. Because again, the true message of Easter is not for people who got it all together. It's not for people who are full of joy. It's, it's for people, real people like you and, and like me, people who know what it's like to be hopeless. Here's something that you, you may not know, and, and that is that uh, when this Easter story begins, uh, nobody is happy, nobody is joyful, there, there's no flowers, there's no uplifting songs, nobody's wearing pastel bright outfits. Everybody in this story, at the beginning of it, everybody is feeling hopeless. And, and here's why. Some of you know the background, but, but Jesus' followers, Jesus' disciples, they left everything, everything to go and follow Jesus. They left their stuff, their homes, their jobs, all of it. And they left all of that behind because they hoped that Jesus really was sent from God. And they hoped that Jesus really was building this kingdom of peace and, and justice like he talked about. And they hoped that Jesus really was God's answer to sin and evil and suffering and death in this broken world. And so they, they started following Jesus. And as they did, their hopes grew and their hopes grew because that they would stand outside and they would watch and listen as Jesus would preach to these massive crowds, right? And Jesus' message was unlike anything they'd ever heard before. It was so full of grace and compassion for the people. And at the same time, it was so deeply full of truth that people needed to hear. It was incredible. And as they followed Jesus around, you know, Jesus was healing people. He would find people who were sick and suffering and he would heal them. He would find people who were hungry and he would feed them. Sometimes he would even raise people from the dead. Their hopes were growing and all of this time, more and more people were getting involved and, and joining this Jesus movement. Everything seemed bright. Everything seemed on track. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, in about the span of 24 hours, all their hopes, all their hopes were instantly crushed. And some of us know what that's like, don't we? That, that everything was on track in our life and the future seemed bright. And, and then out of nowhere, we got that, that dreaded phone call or that text or, or that email. And, and suddenly, suddenly we, we learned that, that she's gone forever. Or we learned that our marriage is over. We, we learned that our career is over, right? Just like that without any forewarning, that that's what the disciples experienced. Because in the span of about 24 hours, suddenly Jesus got arrested and he seemed powerless to stop it. And then Jesus got beaten within an inch of his life. And the whole time he just seemed powerless to stop it. And he got nailed to a cross and he seemed powerless to stop it. And there was still like a sliver of hope at that point because maybe he would use his miraculous powers to get himself out of this jam. But no, 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 then Jesus died and he seemed powerless to stop it. I wonder if you've been in a situation before where you were hurting and struggling and confused and it seemed like God was powerless to stop it. That's where the disciples were. Because by all appearances at this point, Jesus was not sent from God. Jesus was not building some kind of new kingdom. Je Jesus was not the answer to sin and suffering and evil and death. In fact, sin and suffering, evil and death had just shown up and kicked Jesus' butt and wiped him off the face of the earth. So it was over, over, full stop, period, the end. What we've got to remember and what we often forget is that that is right where the Easter story begins. That's right what the disciples uh, were feeling. That's right where they were. 
when this Easter story begins. Like many of us have said before, they were saying, hey, I don't see a way out of this. I don't see a way forward. I don't see how this situation could ever get better. It seems hopeless. The future seems hopeless. I seem hopeless. It's over. Full stop. Period. The end. The end. But what they didn't know at the time and what they would soon learn is that it wasn't the end, right? Thankfully for the disciples and thankfully for us, even though that's where this Easter story begins, it's, it's not at all where the Easter story ends. You see, in the, in the darkness of this moment, the disciples didn't yet know just how powerful God actually is. And they didn't yet know just how good God actually is and how trustworthy God actually is. But they were about to learn, and they were about to learn that in a way that they would never, ever forget. You remember the story. Uh, Early on that Easter morning, it was still dark, we're told. Literally, it was still dark outside because it was so early in the morning. It was also still dark in the hearts of the disciples. No hope, none whatsoever. And as it was dark, the, the, the women, some of Jesus' female followers, they decided to get up early and, and go to the tomb. And they didn't go to the tomb because they were just wanted to check to see if Jesus was raised yet. Nobody was expecting Jesus to be raised. Nobody. They were going to the tomb because in that culture, after someone had died, uh, you would anoint their body with spices and, and with oils. And that was a way of honoring that person and, and kind of saying your, your final goodbyes to that person. And so the women got their spices and they got their oils and early in that Easter morning they they made their way to the tomb and as they got close to it, even through the darkness they could tell something is off, something is odd. They got a little closer and they realized that's weird that the stone in front of the tomb it it had been rolled away. Why is that? So they they come up to the tomb and they they stick their heads inside to see what's going on and they discover that Jesus's body is gone. Now, in that moment, they did not throw up their hands and say, Hallelujah, He is risen. Again, nobody was expecting Jesus to be raised. They still didn't have any hope. They just thought somebody moved the body, right? That's the logical thing to think. Some grave robbers or or somebody has moved the body. And so the women are confused about what's going on, and, and they make their way back to tell the other disciples what they have found. And then on the road, remember this, on the way back, these women saw something that changed their lives forever It changed the world forever. It can change your life and my life forever as well. Because on their way back, the women saw the risen Jesus. And he wasn't dead. He was alive. And at first, they couldn't believe it. Just like many of us today, we we still struggle to believe that this is true. How could anyone believe this? And yet they spent time with Jesus. And they talked with Jesus. And they touched Jesus. And they came to believe it. It really is true. Later that day, the rest of the disciples were gathered together uh, and they were getting ready to eat dinner. And out of nowhere, Jesus just appears in the room, the risen Jesus, and he wasn't dead. He was alive. And at first, none of the disciples could believe it. How could anyone believe that this was, that this was true? But they spent time with Jesus and they ate with him and they talked with him and they, they touched him. And they came to believe that it really is true. And then over the next 40 days... For 40 days, Jesus just kept showing up, showing up, showing up over and over and over again. We're told Jesus was seen by 500 people after the resurrection. 500 people. And for every single one of them, just like us at first, they couldn't believe it. How could anyone believe this? But they spent time with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. And they came to believe that it really was true. 
And in the days that follow, the disciples are, are, are struggling to make sense of this. And, and slowly they come to realize, you know what this means? This means Jesus was sent from God. After all, he is building his kingdom on earth. After all, he is God's answer to sin and evil and suffering and death after all. But more than anything, more than anything, what they realized, and please don't miss this. They realized that God is so powerful and God is so good and God is so trustworthy in a way that they hadn't been able to see before. They realized that no matter what, God will make away. Even when a situation seems completely, completely hopeless, God will make a way. Now, even through the, the darkest things that we could ever go through, even through death itself, God will make a way. That's the true message of Easter. That's the message of Easter for real people, real people like you and real people like me who sometimes feel hopeless. The message for us is that Jesus is risen and that proves once and for all that no matter what, even through death itself, God will make a way. Now, one of those very first disciples who actually met the risen Jesus is this guy named Paul. And listen to how Paul describes in his own words the true message of Easter. This is from the passage that we read uh, earlier. And as I read these words, I want you to be thinking about what does this mean for me right now? What does this mean for my life and my situations right now. Paul says, because of Easter, he says in verse 38, I'm convinced that nothing, so say nothing right now or out loud, wherever you are, say nothing, right? Uh, Paul says, I'm convinced that, that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us. To which we might say, well, hang on, Paul. Uh, what about death? I mean, surely death could separate us. If we died, or if our loved ones die, isn't that it? It's, it's, it's over. And Paul says, no, not death. And we might say, what about all the things in life that we face? No, Paul says, not, not life or death. Paul goes on and he says, not angels or rulers. And we might say, Paul, what about the, the overwhelming things that we're going through right now? And Paul says, no, not present things. And we might say, well, hang on, Paul. What about all the scary things I'm worried about in the future? And Paul says, no, not future things either. Paul says, not powers or height or depth. If you sink to the bottom of the ocean, if you get blasted off into outer space and you're gone forever, will that separate you from Christ's love? Paul says, no, nothing will separate you, not anything that is created. Because of Easter, we, we know that God loves us, that God is with us, that no matter what, God will make a way. I want you to, to think about what does this mean for you in your life right now? It means that through your anxiety, through your depression, through your trauma, even if when it feels like there is no way forward, God will make a way. Through your addiction, through your, your habit that, that is crushing you, that is so overwhelming, God will make a, a way. When your child is struggling and you don't know how to help, God will make a way. When you're going through a divorce or you're living life after divorce and you got the custody battles and the legal things and the conflict and, and it's just, it's too much, God will make a way. When work is hopeless, when your finances are just crushing you, God will make a way. When you're struggling spiritually, 
Like you're, you're in church or you're tuned into church and, and you're questioning and you're doubting and you feel like you don't belong or you can't believe or when, when you've got sin or something that you're ashamed of and you're not sure that you can be forgiven, God will make a way through the, the health issues that you face. When it's getting worse and not better, God will make a way even when you are on your deathbed. At the very end of your life, when you take your very last breath, it is not over. It is not over. We, we don't always know when it's going to happen. We don't always know how God is going to do it. Sometimes it's going to happen for us in this life. A lot of times it will. In some cases, we'll have to wait till the next life. But no matter what, because of Easter, we know God will make a way. God will make a way. Uh, we're going to do something different here uh, in, in, in closing. Um, uh, I'm going to invite the band to lead us in a song here in, in just a minute. Uh, th this is a song that has been on my heart all week. It's just kind of popped into my head over and over again as I was praying for you all, as I was working on this sermon. And so I, I wanted to share it with you. And I would invite you, if you're comfortable with it, go ahead and sing out loud wherever you are. The words are, are pretty easy to pick up on. Uh, but even if you're not comfortable singing out loud, just take a second to listen to the song and reflect. And, and during this song, I want you to think about what is that situation in your life that's making you feel hopeless? And I want you to, to give that situation, give that thing to Jesus and trust, or at least try to trust that Jesus is going to make a way where maybe you don't see a way right now. For, for some of us, that means giving Jesus that situation, that circumstance, that thing that we're going through and praying, Jesus, make a way where I don't see a way. For, for others of us, it, it means uh, giving Jesus our questions, giving Jesus our doubts, say, saying, Jesus, make a way where I don't see a way. For, for others of us, it's our whole life, right? That the whole direction of our life is just leading us to disappointment after disappointment. The whole direction of our life is leading us over and over again to discouragement and despair and dead end after dead end. And we know that life is not supposed to be this way, but we're not sure that we can change or ever be any different. And, and so if, if that's you today, for some of us, it's time to take a, a leap of faith, right? And it's time to, to, to say, for the first time, or maybe for the millionth time, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving my whole life to you. Jesus, make a way for me where, where I don't see a way. And, and my hope is that as you do all of that, I hope that you're going to feel this weight lifted off your shoulders. I hope you're going to feel this, this relief that the weight of hopelessness is no longer on you. The weight of discouragement and despair is no longer there. My, my hope for you is that on this Easter day, that you feel the joy of knowing that the true message of Easter, that whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, no matter what, God will make a way. Amen. in our midst 
I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship you. see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when
Thank you so much, friends, for spending your Easter with us. A couple quick things here for us before we go. If you're new to Kindred Church, I would love to connect with you. Um, the best way to do that is click the connect link in the description, fill out the short form, and I'll be happy to reach out to you later this week. And I look forward to, to saying hey and meeting you. Uh, also, if you're local, we would love to see you in in-person worship. You can get on our website. It's kindrednc.church and get all the details about in-person worship. Uh, and then finally, check out the announcements link in the description and that'll keep you up to speed on different ways that we've got for you to, to get involved, to, to stay engaged, and keep growing in your faith with us here uh, at Kindred Church. And so with that, friends, remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. Happy Easter, and may the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. To support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church. We hope you have a great week.